Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. This is now the fourth post-game show, and this episode is sponsored by Wasteland Press. You can call them at 502-437-0860, and you can visit them online at www.wastelandpress.net. I highly recommend it, and if you ever wanted to write a book and get it published, going Wasteland Press is definitely the way to go. So, this was quite the crazy weekends and quite the crazy, you know, Thanksgiving week as far as college football, the games that went on. There were a couple of shootouts. There was a seven-time, uh, seven-overtime game that was really impressive, and that was fun to watch. Very nice. Uh, you know, before we get to all that, all the good stuff that happened this past week and the weekend. So, last weekend, uh, Arkansas, this is the funny story I wanted to tell you about. Arkansas played Mississippi State. Now Mississippi State beat them fifty-two to six. Now Arkansas, during pregame warmups, they two Arkansas starting defensive backs were caught flirting with Mississippi State cheerleaders. Now I just wanted to ask your opinion about it because I know you're you used to play football and. They were suspended for this week's for these uh, for the following week after that. The coach suspended them for unacceptable behavior. Um, I guess my question is: You said they were flirting with the other team. The other team's cheerleaders. Apparently, they were taking that, selfies open, with them. That, now I could understand if they were flirting with their own cheerleaders, kind of a conflict of interest. But if they're at another school, they're open game. As yeah, far come on, I mean SEC cheerleaders. Yeah. Yeah, that the South someone, girls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just no, want to I mean, get your opinion about it because I think it was pretty funny. It, I would. It would be a conflict of interest if they did their own cheerleaders, and it might cause some issues as far as practice. You know, because they usually uh, the cheerleaders are around when they're practicing too. You know, practicing their own drills on the field and things like that. So I, I would say uh, no to their own cheerleaders, but the other cheerleaders are open game as far as I'm So you think it was wrong for the coach yeah, to suspend them? silly. This, it, you know, you're talking about kids that are aging from 18 to 22 years old. One's a sophomore and one's a senior. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like it's something that it, you know, now if they were harassing them or something or, you know, doing something along that lines, maybe. But if they're just flirting and and can I have your phone number? That's a little. That, let them do that. You know, have a little fun. Yeah, I think the coach was totally in the wrong for suspending them. Yeah. To be completely honest, because it's the first couple games of the season. Arkansas, they're not going anywhere, especially with the bowl game. So. Let them, let the players have a little Especially bit of Especially the senior. Especially the senior. Yeah, that's Especially a the yeah. senior. I mean, why suspend him for the last game of the season? Sure. And he's a senior, and uh, I think they the played home. It was home. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I th- like I said, I just thought that was a funny story, and I just wanted to get your opinion about yeah. that. So, our hometown team, Kentucky, traveled to take on Louisville this weekend. I think it was... Just as about as we expected the game to go. It was yeah. fifty six to ten. Definitely a, a drubbing from Kentucky. Wait, it was fourteen seven in the first quarter though. It was they fourteen seven first quarter, so I mean <laughs> Louisville had a chance, but uh, yeah, fifty six to ten. And I we'll get to this in a little bit, but you know, the question for both teams is where do both teams go from, you know, the end of the regular season? And 
you know, for Louisville, they just they have a lot to fix, especially this football team. You know, a couple of weeks ago, they fired Bobby Petrino, and just you know, they could have won more with Lamar Jackson. And just you know, just a little stat: when Louisville had Lamar Jackson, his Heisman winning year, and his you know the year after that, Louisville both years they were ranked third offensively for total offense. But of course, the year after he leaves, they're one hundred and ninth. In, in the nation offensively. And, and probably worse than that defensively. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a pretty like, – uh, during Lamar Jackson's Heisman winning year, they had a decent defensive coordinator. Yeah. But then he left after that year, and then they were just – you know, the past couple of years, they've – you know, of course, they've been absolutely god-awful. And uh, it just goes to, so, goes to show that Bobby Bertrino is not really – that uh, that good of a coach, and he should have been fired way before, you know. Well, I mean, you 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 have to give him an opportunity to try to Lamarless, you know, and and try to do something with the team. But uh, you know, we talked about this where he was doing some nepotism. He was hiring people that he was related to and things like that. His son. Yeah, and and you know, when you do that. It, I think he knew the writing was on the wall. You got rid of your, uh, you know, athletic director. You got rid of the, the basketball coach, and he knew with his past that if there was any problems, he was gone. And to be honest with you, I don't know why they kept him on so long during the season. I thought they could have got rid of him, and you know, that gives you an opportunity to have someone come up. And possibly uh, do an interim job, um, maybe prove themselves. You know, mm-hmm. because I don't think they're going to get anybody big. I mean, they're you know Brom, of course, but uh, we talked about this. Brom is there's some news about Brom that we have to also yeah. had to get to uh, today. And you know, like I said, where do both teams go from here? And you know, for Louisville, as far as their coaching search, Jeff Brom is out of the question. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, of course, they had news come out before their Indiana game. He had a little pep talk with his players, you know, telling them that he wasn't going to go anywhere. Uh, but would and, you go there and say, "Hey, I'm leaving"? Play yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, that would be the coach answer to, you know, to go to their his team and say, "Hey, I'm not leaving." Yeah. But and he, you know, recently came out to the media saying. Uh, I want Louisville to do what's best for them. I'm a fan, but right now I'm the coach at Purdue. This is where I want to be, and I like it here. This is pretty standard stuff, though. I don't think he's saying anything out of the ordinary. But you know what? Here's another great idea, okay? Just talk about Kentucky. John Calipari, you know, where there was always speculation whether he was going to go pro. He said pretty much the same thing, and he stayed. But there's been so many coaches before him who've said those exact same words or something similar, same sentiments, all of that, and they leave, you know, and they'll, and so I still think it's up in the air whether he would come. Uh, you know, we've had conversations about this, Purdue being that it's a little bit, it's more story program than Louisville is, not to knock Louisville. I mean, they've done a lot. They've made a lot of headways in, in 20 years, but they're not quite there yet. So Indiana football is big. It's not quite Texas. It's not quite, you know, other states, Ohio and things like that. But, um, you know, it's definitely something I think they could definitely make a convincing argument for him to stay. Yeah. I mean, just look at, I mean, he's 
two years in a row now. He's got them bow eligible. You know, the bow, the bow game is not going to be all that good, but he's got them. He's re- been able to rebuild the pro, the yeah. Purdue football program Big, a little huge bit. Win too, where they crushed Ohio. They crushed State. Ohio State, and Ohio State continues to yeah mind boggle me as yeah. far as the up and down. But you know, I mean, for Jeff Brom, honestly, that would be the dream job for him. His father played there. His whole, you know, he grew up in Louisville. His whole family's from Louisville. He went to Trinity High School. Uh, his little brother played quarterback at Louisville. His father played quarterback. He played quarterback at Louisville. So, I mean, it's just his Louisville made, and it would be the dream job for him. But he would have a lot of things to fix. There's a question of recruiting too, which is he would have to start over pretty much from scratch at Louisville. And the, th- and the thing for the thing thing about that is that the there's a sign not a signing day but a uh, to get early on recruits and that time is short. They only have like three weeks now so to get year for, for is players next year. Crap! I mean, no matter what, whoever comes into that job, they're not going to get quality recruits because it's such a short period of time. Again, another reason why they should have gotten rid of Petrino a while back. Because they could have possibly got an interim coach who's not as big as Brom, of course, but at the same time, maybe carried the team for a year until Brom feels a little bit more comfortable coming over. He can prepare. He can do a lot of things differently than, um, you know, and it would give him more, a better transition instead of, hey, you want the job? Like there is, oh, you by know, the way, you got three you weeks get to get given the guys. job, but he has a limited amount of time to get. You know, recruits for next year. Yeah. And I mean, he's just again, if he comes and comes with, with this Louisville job, he has a lot of stuff on his hands. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's just a thing to think about. He might not really want the, all that baggage. Yeah. That he's going to have to take over if he came to Louisville this season. You know, after the season. But you know, now with pretty much, I think Brom off the table, you just have to think about who can Louisville go after. And what they should do. I've told you this multiple times. What they should do is what they did with Louisville basketball. Mm-hmm. They waited a year. They had an interim head coach for the year. He did the best he could. Yeah. But, you know, they decided to go different ways. And they ended up getting a pretty decent head coach with, you know, Chris Mack, who was yeah, able to turn I, I around. I think Louisville fans, if you came out and you told them that, after, you know, and I, I can – Understand they they went two and ten and their two wins were not quality wins whatsoever, but I could understand them being disappointed. But if they if you tell them say look you know we're going to have to interim coach this and then maybe we can go after Brom and it'll give us more options. Maybe somebody gets fired in the NFL. You know maybe somebody gets fired in the NFL in January. Okay, he can come in take over the team. He may not be able to recruit. But, you know, the NFL soft landing is sometimes really good for a, a college football team because the NFL is so picky about their coaches. You know, if someone gets fired somewhere, it usually takes them a while to build up cred to come back up. And so, you know, Louisville might find themselves in a position where they can snag a coach like that. Um, and, you know, and with the understanding that, hey, you know, it's going to take a year before this guy can recruit. Yeah, you know, and that—that's the big thing. And you, you can recruit juniors in high school, yeah. you know. And he's got and a whole, Alabama just picked up three juniors in high school. 
Sure. They literally just came out today. They they picked up three. So I mean, that's just for you know for Louisville. I mean, with Brom off the table, what kind of coach do they need? And like and I've I've told you this also. They need a defensive minded coach. ACC is definitely. I definitely think you. The ACC is so offensive oriented. It's not even funny. And I think if you put a SEC caliber team in the ACC, they go undefeated. Mm-hmm. I really believe that because they're more balanced teams. And if Louisville can go into that situation thinking more balanced rather than just offense, 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 I definitely think they can do some damage. And I think Louisville has a great opportunity. ACC, to me, it gets a lot more – to me – the ACC is a little overrated. It is. Not just this year, in previous years. And I, I think, you know, you take, go back to the Florida State's teams, they looked very beatable. They certainly weren't dominant. And, uh, you know, they were all offensive-minded teams. So if you can get – if you can build up a team with both offense and defense, then you're going to make some headway, I think. The thing about Louisville is I think they could be good offensively. I think they have the pieces to be good. But – as we both know, their defense is awful. Yeah. And it has a lot of fixing to be done. And they really need a defensive-minded coach. I don't think you can do anything worse than their defense this year. No. I mean, those armed tackles and I, – I I haven't seen that stuff since, like, peewee football. It's I mean, just... I saw peewee football on a, in a college game. It's basically just a high school defense. Yeah. They no, can't it wasn't dis- even high school. That's the thing. I saw a guy try to grab somebody by the arms and tackle them. Who does that? I mean, that's especially like, at the college level. Yeah, well, I mean, these kids have been playing for ten plus years. You know, all those bad habits are gone. You know, there, now there are some types where you know you hit too high or you hit too low. You know that you have some bad habits, but grabbing people by the arm and trying to tackle them is pee wee football stuff. And they had that. Now I'm, I'm amazed that. That even exists at the college level, you know. Like well, with Brom off the table again, they have dude. They do have other head coaching, you know, options that they could go after. But there is there's some that are realistic, and of course there are some that, you know, unrealistic. After Brom, I was reading this on the I was reading this after the Courier uh, on the Courier Journal. After Jeff Brom, they had Brent Venables, who is the as the defensive coordinator at Clemson. I do not see that happening because look at where he is. Clemson has a pretty decent defense this year, and it's a sideways move for him. Yeah, right. I mean, if why would he go to Louisville when he could go to a a better a, a, a t- yeah yeah and then not to knock Louisville, but I mean we're talking SEC caliber, or even in some cases, especially if you're a coordinator. Coordinators are head coaches. They really are. Yeah. They're just head coaching the offense or head coaching the defense. Yeah. So a, a offensive coordinator could transition to the NFL very easily as an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. So I mean, I agree. I think that's kind of a sideways move for him. It's just they. I don't think he would take a step down at yeah. Louisville. Especially and, when your resume looks so good with that yeah. Clemson and, team. Right. <laughs> and he's already stated that he loves you know being in Clemson so much. Yeah. I just again, that's a sideways move. It's I don't just don't think it's going to happen because like it's he's at Clemson, their number two, two the number two team in the nation. Yeah. 
I just don't see any reason why he would want to leave Clemson unless it's for you know a top-tier team. Another option they had was Ryan Day, who is Ohio State University's co-offensive coordinator. Again, it's the same thing with Clemson's defensive coordinator. Why would he want to go take a step down and take over a really bad Louisville team? You think when, about the fan bases, too, between Ohio State and Louisville. And you, you look at, okay, just take Louisville, for example. They're 2-10. and 10. Their, their, their stands were unbelievably bad this weekend. I, I, can, I can guarantee you, uh, Kentucky fans, there are a lot more Kentucky fans than Louisville fans oh, yeah. at Saturday's oh, game. Yeah. yeah, it was much more involved with it. I, I definitely think – I just don't see anybody going from the Ohio State – uh, to Louisville, especially when he's you know running an offense that's second in the nation, yeah. with Ohio State. And again, it's the same thing with Clemson's defensive coordinator. Why would he take a step down when he could get hired by a better team, and you know run that team? So, and, and another one is Neil Brown, who is Troy's head coach. Mm-hmm. He's turned around their program. He's a Kentucky guy, but here's the thing. Neil Brown was Kentucky's offensive coordinator not too long ago. Yeah. So really, would he take over the Louisville? Think, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, you know, Troy Troy's up and coming. Louisville mm-hmm. is. Troy knocked off LSU a couple of years ago. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. So and, and another thing about Louisville's head coaching the vacancy is that I think they're going to have to go someone with someone who's not only defensive minded but who's taking over a smaller program and is willing to go up. Yeah. I would say he's at Troy. I think going to Louisville would be a little bit of a step up. Yeah, I think so too. So it would be have to be like that type of person who's at a lower level school and, and you wants to think move of up. From Louisville's perspective too, is Louisville willing to give the reins to him and pass up somebody for that could be that much better next year? And I'm not knocking Troy's coach. He's, you know, like you said, he's really turned around the program. But, you know, it's a two-way street. Not only will does the coach want to come, but does Louisville really so crazy about this guy that they'll want to hire him to try to turn around their program. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. You know, you go from Troy to ACC – and, you know, you're starting at the bottom and building up from there when Clemson's sucking everything out, all the talent, you know, all of that. Florida State even, you know, Florida State gets from their own state. You know, if you're going to be good in the ACC, you're going to have to be able to get players from states outside of Kentucky. Right. Big time. And that's been, I mean, that's been Louisville's motto for, you know, even going back to Charlie Strong, yeah. he was Charlie Strong was really good at getting recruits from Florida. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater, just an example, yeah. was from yeah. Florida. So I mean, and also Lamar Jackson was from Florida. But that's not just Charlie Strong. That's Louisville's part of big, Louisville's big game in recruiting is going down to the South, going down to Florida, Texas, and Texas, and uh, yeah, I mean, you got, all these other states. That if this, you're defensive minded, you got to go to Texas. You know, t- Florida. Florida has great offense. You know, they're really known for their offense. And Texas is really known for defense. Uh, you know, the high school kind of philosophy and how they play the game and things like that. So, you know, and, and Ohio, you know, everywhere that there's good football being played, you're going to have to be able to do it. And the only problem is, 
and like we were talking about, the ACC has teams. They don't have teams in the Texas, but the SEC does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that's one of the things that you're going to have to deal with is um, you're going to have to compete at these big schools that have big-time high school programs, and the SEC and the ACC are already taking the majority of the talent from those. So you're going to have to deal with scraps the first year, get you a good team going, maybe a six and six season build up from there. And then you can go to the table and say, Hey, we're going places. And, um, so that's, that's a kind of a scary proposition for any coach and whether you can get a big time coach with that proposition, who knows? Another option is, uh, Cincinnati's coach, Luke Fickle. I believe that's how he says his last name, but he was at Ohio state previously, but the only the bad thing about him is he was unproven. Uh, he was actually an interim head coach at Ohio State, uh, uh, in in the in between like 2011 before they got uh, Urban Meyer. Yeah. And he was six and seven at Ohio State. <laughs> uh, and then his first year at Cincinnati, he went four he and eight. <laughs> right. And he was four and eight in his first year at Cincy. But I mean, this year he's turned it around and yeah, uh, they're not like ten and two. I think that's pretty good. But uh, Again, he's kind of still unproven as a coach, and, especially and Cincinnati is not. I mean, they're not quite as bad. I mean, they're not quite as unknown as Troy, but at the same time, even that Cincinnati to Louisville is somewhat of a sideways move. Not not completely. I mean, they are. I think it, it is a little bit of an upward movement, but it's not as much as if you were coming from Troy. You know, right? Another, uh, just another couple. Appalachian State's uh, head coach Scott Satterfield. Now he's another one that's been you know turned around their football program. It's Appalachian State, but again, I think it's you know getting from a coach from Troy, getting a coach from Appalachian State. I think that's the way to go because I don't think these you know these defensive offensive coordinators that are at these top tier programs they're not going to want to go to Louisville. I think if you do pick from Troy or Appalachian State, you're um... Your athletic director is kind of in the driver's seat. You know, they're not coming in. They're not begging. They're saying, look, here's what we can offer you. We can offer you this huge stadium, all this infrastructure to, to make you not only a better coach, but to make Louisville a better football team. So I definitely think that's not a hard sell at all. And, it, and, and they're kind of in the driver's seat. But at the same time, from the perspective of Louisville and wanting to get a good head coach, they're thinking, you know, this may not pan out. So I don't know if I want to do this. So again, it's like I said, it's a two way street. Um, I think they would be fine with either. I really do. I think if you get, a I would be coach, fine with either. Yeah. I'm like I said, just getting a coach from, you know, they, if it doesn't work out, you can always reset. Right, you know, it can't be possibly any worse than <laughs> yeah. a two and ten season. That's true. That's and it's true. like again for Louisville, it's just crazy to think about. A couple of years ago, they were number three in the nation in hopes of making it to the college football playoff, and now they're you know a trash team. They're the you know the, they're the butt of jokes. They're two and ten, ten losses. I can't remember the last time they had a season like this. I remember, but it was a long time ago. And it was quite yeah. it was really quite disappointing. Yeah. And before the season, you know, you could say, you know, I was talking that I think Louisville's gonna definitely gonna have a down year, but I definitely think they can get a bowl game. Yeah. Win like 
six or seven games, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But this it was this just complete shock to me going yeah. two and ten. That was a complete shock to me. Is for Louisville. I mean, like I said, they have a lot of stuff to you know think about. They have a lot of stuff to fix. But I think they're getting there. And you know, both big programs in basketball and football, they are definitely getting back to where they want to be. Uh, you know, basketball with Chris Mack, that can you know they're I think they're going places. And for you know for football, it can go places too. They just need to have the right coach to you know run things. Yeah, and I think I, and this is the thing, and this is I think Louisville fans will appreciate this. Is you know you can turn around a basketball program much quicker than you can a football. With a football, you have to build your coaching infrastructure and and things like that, and and you have to build credibility. There's a lot more to it. Um, so I, I definitely think it's going to be a little bit a harder go of it in football than basketball. I mean, back next year they're back. I mean, they're not back like national championship contenders, but they're back. They're going to have a decent record. Uh, they'll probably make the playoffs. Um, and I'm not knocking this year. I'm just saying next year they're back. You know, that's Chris Mack's team, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, let's not forget that he's doing a really good job recruiting. Yeah. They have a top five recruiting class for next year. Yep. And that's pretty impressive. And he's doing he's doing a good job. And and some of that has to do with he was already known before he even came to Right. Lincoln. And he turned around in the Xavier program. Yeah. He's got in last year they were a number one seed in the tournament. Yep. So I mean he's had you know, he's had the ability. What kind of coup is that, you know? Number one seed and you you steal him away. Think about that. That's, that's a steal huge. as a coach. Yeah. He that's, is a hell of a coach, yeah, and I think I'm, you know, just, you know, we of course we can get a go get to basketball other times because the college football season yeah. is almost over, yeah. but I, he's going to do a really good job at Louisville, and I'm really happy that they hired him. And as for football, they can get if they can get someone, they don't have to get someone like a Chris Mack caliber yeah. as far as you know for the football world, but if they can get someone who's turned around a program like Appalachian State's Scott Satterfield and Troy's Neil Brown. I think they can go, you know, get back to where they want to be, and getting rid of Bobby Petrino was a step for that. Because I mean, just getting rid of everyone from the Tom George era, and I think Louisville can go places. Yeah, and I think they, can, like I said, I think they can really get back to what they want to be as an athletic program. And, and as for Kentucky, you know, like I said, they played really good against Louisville, but you know, of course, even even with Louisville's terrible defense, I was happy to see Kentucky score fifty six points. Yeah, considering their offensive woes from earlier in the season against Texas A and M, against even against uh, Missouri, against Tennessee, against Georgia, they, you know, they t- really turned it up. And someone who really surprised me was Terry Wilson, and you know he's been on and off. He played really good against Florida. But in and he's played good. He, he, but there's five games straight where he just didn't look like a solid quarterback. He would uh, like a panic quarterback. But against Louisville, he played really good. I was impressed with him. He had 261 yards passing. Added a couple touchdowns, uh, three touchdowns at that, and also added 79 yards rushing on the game. He played really good. Benny had 100 yards rushing. AJ Rose had a 112 yards rushing, and their defense looked better. Overall, I was happy with how Kentucky played on both sides of the ball. And, you know, as as far as Kentucky's future, 
They're losing a lot of studs on defense, especially with Josh Allen, uh, Jordan Jones, Mike Edwards, uh, Darius West. They're losing a lot of key defensive players. But I still think they can be good next year. I, I, I don't know if they're going to go 9-3 and three like this year, but I really think that Kentucky can still be a really good team next year. They've had, you know, they have freshmen this year with Oates and DeAndre Square, who, when they've gotten time, they played really good as freshmen. And with UK's defense, it's just with that. I mean, they've it took them four years to build up this type of defense, and it could be the same thing. Mark Stoops is a defensive-minded coach. Mm-hmm. I I still think that their defense can be good. It's just you know everyone's got to get on board. As far as offense, I think we know. I think. We know that Benny is probably going to go to the NFL. And, you know, if there was a time there where we both thought that, you know, Benny, there's a chance that he could stay. Yeah. But, you know, he said some comments, you know, a couple, and it just made coach me think. And, and the coach, yeah. too. The coach made a good point. Mark Stoops did make a good point in saying that, you know, why there would be no reason for him to come back. Why would he come back? Other than to pat on the great stats that he already has. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing he can do next year that can change his draft stock. And, you know, at the very most, he can move up to being maybe a, a second rounder. But right now, he might be looking at a third and fourth round. Yeah. But like I said, there's really nothing. There's not a lot he can do to, you know, move up and be a first round draft pick. I, I think that's out of the question. But. As far as, you know, if Benny leaves, and I was kind of disappointed that they weren't, like, Kentucky's offense wasn't able to, you know, be as explosive as it could have been because they have explosive players, especially with Glenn Bowden, Terry Wilson, Benny Snell, CJ Conrad, Dorian Baker. They have explosive players. But do you think if Benny Snell were, you know, leaves, UK's offense, do you think that Mark Stoops will change his offensive scheme a little bit? I hope so. I hope so. As far as trying to be more explosive. Yeah, I hope so. And, you know, that... It becomes Wilson's team next year. It really does. And and, and the, the type of player that he is is much different than the type of game that you would play with a Snell who is a very calculating kind of running back. He's very patient. Where Terry Wilson, um, I definitely think would be a good idea is, you know, no huddle offense with him. And you know, it's, something that, that that would really benefit his game. Yeah, know? and then there's been games where if when Kentucky's been, you know, when they turn it up up tempo. Yeah. He's looked good. Yeah. Uh, look, just look at the last drive against Missouri that got him the game-winning touchdown. That was an up-tempo offense, and he played fantastic. So I think definitely a an, an up-tempo type of offense would be the way to go. Now, whether or not Mark Stoops wants to do that is, you know, of course, <laughs> it's to be seen as far as, you know, they still have to wait and see what Benny does. But if... You know, just a hypothetical, if Benny stays, I don't think he's going to want to change the offense at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think is going to try to run the same type of offense that they did last year where they just, you know, run, run, run. But, you know, Terry Wilson, if Benny leaves, this will be his team. Yeah. This offense, it will definitely be his. I mean, A.J. Rose can be, I think he can be a good starter for UK next season. I think he can be a really good running back for Kentucky. I don't think, I don't think, I don't know if he's going to be as good as Benny Snell, but he's definitely serviceable, and I think he, I think he can definitely take the helm of running back for Kentucky next year. I, I think that he's had some exposure this year to where they could uh, definitely kind of plan out an at- a, a attack, um, you know, a, a type of, of offensive sc- scheme that would benefit him. You know, when you're getting, when you're a secondary running back, you're pretty much playing the offense that's intended for the primary running back. So if if you can find what he's good at, you know, like Snell's a very patient up the middle or uh, sweeps, maybe um, you know they can tune their offense to him a little more and maybe get some production out of it. Yeah, like I said, it's going to be Terry Wilson's team. And yeah. This year should have been explosive, but next year it can be even more explosive. Just look at Blen Bowden, one of the most explosive wide receivers in, in the nation. Terry Wilson, who is athletic as hell. He can be a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it, they have some freshman wide receivers that are coming up uh, going into their sophomore year that can also take the helm of – you know the of Dorian Baker, who's going to be graduating this year, and C.J. Conrad too. They have good tight ends too, and wide receivers. You know, coming up, going into their sophomore year, that can be, you know, just as good as their predecessors. Sure. Not not really tight end because C.J. Conrad is an NFL prospect, possible first round. So, I mean, that that's yeah. hard to. And not no, only that, dude. but we haven't had, and this was part of the frustration with Wilson, is we did not see a whole lot of production in the tight end spot. So we have no idea what these secondary tight ends can and cannot do because yeah. they weren't really using their pro their pro caliber tight end this year. Yeah, you know and that no one really asked Mark Stoops that question. Why have that. why haven't you used? C.J. Conrad as much yeah. when he's an NFL prospect. Yeah, that's just a question that's been going on this the whole season. Why haven't you used and when you an see NFL him prospect throw around people? I mean, when he's blocking, he's throwing around people. You're like, okay. boy, what if he had that football in his hand when he was throwing around those people? Right. So it just, uh, yeah, it, it's one of those great mysteries this season. But, like I said, they have up-and-coming players that can definitely take over. And, let's not forget, they got Wondell Robinson coming in. Yeah. Who, like I said, I've, I've seen him play in person. I've seen his highlights. He's going to be a stud at Kentucky. Now, he played running back at Western Hills in Frankfurt. I don't know what Mark Stoops is going to want to do with him. Because he played really... Wondell played really good when he was in the slot position. Mm-hmm. And as a running back, he was, you know, 2,000 yard rusher for two straight seasons. He is impressive. And 
he will be another one of Kentucky's explosive players for next season. And he's going to be really good, and Mark Stoops is going to need to get him in that game next year. And Kentucky, I don't think fans can expect, don't expect for them to be as good as they were this year. You can't expect that because they're losing a lot of people. But they can still be, in my opinion, they could still be an eight-win team next Ooh. year. Oh. Considering that, considering that schedule, that's a pretty bold prediction. I'm, you know, beginning of this season, you know, we were eight. eight we, if we were told eight and four, <laughs> we'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah. You know, so that that's uh, yeah, uh, definitely don't have it's a problem just, with that prediction at all. I it's just, just a matter good. they just have to be able to put As it a together. Kentucky fan, I love hearing that. I really do. I, love, I, I mean, I, I really hearing. think like this. Season, they went nine and three. Yeah. The best record in forty plus years. Yeah. For a Kentucky football fan, to have that's that's <laughs> to have expectations to do that again. Yeah. Where something like this does not come around very often. Just soak it in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because they might come back down to earth a little bit next year, but I still think they have the potential to be an eight-win team next year. It's just a matter of them being able to put to get put put it together and play with the same mentality they had for the majority of this season. Yeah. And like I said, this is you know nine and three. There's not much more a UK football being a UK football fan can ask for. I agree. And nine and three season, five and three in the SEC. I mean. That's that's pretty yeah. good. I'll, I'll take that any day of yeah. the week. And, and I our, think and our three losses. I mean, our our losses were against quality. Besides Tennessee, besides Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. was not. But I mean, you know, that was Missouri a little bit win was huge. Missouri was very underrated this year. Um, you know, they they gave us trouble, but they they were definitely a worthy opponent. Texas A and M, Georgia. I mean, come on, they're in the SEC championship, so. You know, other than Tennessee, and I think Tennessee might have just been a letdown type of game. You know, oh, man, we, we lost. It was after Georgia. I yeah. think Kentucky just – I think their motivations after the game, after that were just kind of – They folded in a little bit. Yeah. So, you know. But, you know, just – like I said, as a fan, I'm pretty happy for how, how this season went. They're 9-3, and three, and I think I think this is a good – Stepping stone for them. Yeah, I definitely. I, and so. if they can, these new up and coming players that are going to be expected to be leaders. I mean, Terry Wilson, he's going to be a junior next year. He's going to be expected to be a leader. Now, if they can, these up and coming sophomores, juniors, and even the seniors, Cash Daniel will yeah. more than likely be back. If they can have the same type of mentality that they had this this season, and have the same type of chip on their shoulder, I think they can have an uh, an accept, successful season next year. I definitely think so too. Um, you know, and I, I definitely think that UK fans definitely need to um, temper a little bit uh, their their expectations because. Anytime, and you know, take Ohio State for example. Ohio State's a powerhouse. They really had a. They should have had more of a down year than they had. They really should have. Probably lost two or three games. Um, but you know, understanding what they lost the year before, 
that would be completely, you know, if you're if you're a reasonable person, would be completely understandable. Kentucky needs to be in that position too. We we expect them to win. We expect to go to a bowl. However, it's not. It's going to be a little bit of a step down unless they have some players step up, which is definitely possible. I mean, like you know? Terry Wilson, he's going to have. I love the guy. I think he can be. Like I said, I think he can be really good. But at the same time, he has a lot to work on. Yeah. But he can be a leader on this team. When he was at junior college, I mean, I know it's just junior college, but he, you know, he played really good. And if he could play like we know he can, he's going to be so good. And this Kentucky's off, you know, Kentucky's offense should be explosive. Yes. It it really should. And I was kind of disappointed that it was really wasn't this year, but it definitely has the potential next year to be more free free flowing. And not just just run 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 the whole time, and get more players in the game too. I mean, pretty much Terry Wilson, all he who he really passed to the majority of the time was Lynn Bowden Jr. Yeah, he really didn't get anyone else in the game besides when he needed to. So that's just he's got to be able to spread out the offense more. But like I said, I think if you do that and the defense comes back, especially with new players. And you know players coming back that can you know, take a step up in the off season. I, I really think that this Kentucky can win eight games next year. I may be talking a little bit out of you know out of whack a little bit because of, you know the success of this season, but I think it's a possibility. Well, it's just it, a matter of them, you know, like I said, putting it together. I definitely think we're going to find out what kind of coach Stoops is next year too. This is really his first spot-on successful season. Right. And if he can keep building from here or at least duplicate it or have something similar and losses and things like that, man, we might have us a a really stellar coach who's going to stay with Kentucky for a while. Um, I mean, just this season alone, I mean, that's just got him an extra five to ten years on his contract. They ended the streak against Florida. Yeah. That's another reason, like – the, for the fans that are disappointed, just look at what they were able to accomplish this season. Mm-hmm. They ended the 30-year-plus streak against Florida. They're not in three, the best record since the 1970s. I mean, this fans should be happy. I think so, too. And, you know, I'm not disappointed with the record, but, you know, like I said, I'm disappointed that they had chances against Texas A&M and they had plenty of chances to get back in the game against Tennessee. But they just didn't take it. That's the only thing I'm disappointed about. But other than that, they've had a successful season. And, and I'm really and happy. to mention Texas A&M, considering what happened last night. Um, that doesn't look like that bad of a loss. That doesn't look too bad at all. <laughs> that was amazing. But, you know, just, <laughs> you know, just, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm happy with Kentucky. And I'm just happy that they're more than likely going to get a better bowl game than the Music City Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm pretty happy about that. No offense, Nashville. <laughs> no offense, Nashville, but come on. Tired of going they're there. usually that's where they usually put yeah. Kentucky in to get a bowl game. Or the Tax Slayer Bowl where they were a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you know, looking at right now, Kentucky is my their most likely opponent will be Penn State. And Ooh, the Citrus Bowl, yeah, which that should be an interesting game. And and we're talking about a program that's storied too, right? Uh, storied in bad ways as well. But at the same time, we're talking about a team that's predominantly good throughout 
you know, the last 25 plus years and how they remain that way is quite frankly amazing. But uh, we could talk about that. But Penn State is definitely a step up from what they used to play. And I definitely think it's going to be something that's going to be important for Kentucky to show up and play a good game, especially for people that are watching it, because they are playing in a bowl where people will pay attention mm-hmm. a little more. That, um, uh, the Citrus Bowl is definitely a step up yeah. from the Music City Bowl, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a, a New Year's Day Bowl. That's so a that, bold prediction there, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's like a, that's a good bow. Uh, yeah, I'll be I, I'll be happy with that. It, I mean, it's I'll, much better than music when you when your when your name starts with a fruit. Okay, that's always a good sign that you're going better. Usually, there's a peach bow. Yeah. The the well, it was fiesta. And, uh, just with food, mo- yeah. most of the time, most of the time. And cotton and, and the cotton bow and uh, the the orange bow. Now it's the PlayStation Fiesta, or not? Yeah. It's not the Fiesta. It's the PlayStation. What is the Fiesta? I, I don't know. I don't care. I'm so confused about these just, bowl games. I just wanted to go back to where it was called a name, and and that's it. You yeah. Know, instead of now they have the the Zaxby's Fritos, Fritos bow, the Zaxby's Go Daddy yeah. uh, bow, but uh, yeah, I think I guess this a citrus bow would be pretty impressive. And I think I would be happy with that. And we'll see what happens next year. And I would have been happy with the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. But, you know, that's neither here or there. I mean, this, yeah. they had opportunities, but they just... All they had to do was beat Tennessee and win out to yeah. get a, that you know, really good bow. But, you know, like I said, it's okay. And that's going to probably go to Florida now, right? Which that also, honestly, that's been pissing off a lot of fans. Yeah. That... Why is Florida gonna? We beat them, but Florida's gonna get a really good bow. Well, the thing about Florida is they played significantly better after the Kentucky they game, did. and they also beat LSU. Yeah, they got quality wins. I mean, not to say Kentucky. Kentucky definitely has quality wins, but uh, they also did it later on in the season too. Right, and when you do that's that, what and that's that has, what the college yeah. football committee looks at is. Not how you're playing at the beginning I, of the season. I'm actually, but... in, in speaking of college football committee, I've been pretty happy with the way they're analyzing things. I, I definitely. Think I think for this pretty... year, I think it's pretty accurate. Yeah. And I think they've been doing a really good job. Yeah. Uh, just looking, well, just looking at some other games. Of course, Texas A&M and LSU went to seven overtimes last night. Uh. Seven <laughs> overtimes. Oof! I, those players were in the locker room icing up their knees, yeah. just taking a nice uh, cold or warm bath. I don't know, but seven overtimes. Waking that, up saying, "Did I go to Tijuana?" <laughs> that, I, that's just mind-boggling. Yeah. Seven overtimes. Like, how often would you see that? And it was uh, seventy-four to seventy-two. Texas A&M won, but that is the most points scored. In a call in an FBS college football game, and that actually they tied the record for the longest game in college football history. Mm. That was an impressive game to yeah. watch, and that was just for the fans there. They were you know a part of history. Like they were going back and forth. Like they couldn't stop each other. Like even when um, LSU got a two point conversion, Texas A&M went right down and got a touchdown and a two point conversion, yeah. and. 
you know, finally Texas A&M was able to stop LSU from getting a two-point conversion, and uh, Texas A&M pulled that one out. But that's an impressive, uh, impressive win for Texas A&M. We knew that they were a decent team. Yeah. But you know, it's that, that's a heck of a win, and yeah. considering LSU beat Georgia like sing, pretty single-handedly yeah. earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. That was a very impressive win for Texas A&M, and they should definitely be considered. I think they should get a good bowl game. The too. SEC is is really, I wouldn't say underrated because it never is, but I mean they had a really good conference this year. I mean you could go five teams deep in the East, you know, and and it, it they're where they're good, they're decent, they could beat you. Things like that, and um, where and the West was good too. I mean, but you know, the West had the juggernaut Alabama, but this SEC conference this year was really impressive. A lot. I mean, it just that's what I don't understand why the ACC has so many teams in the top twenty uh, when you got SEC just beating the hell out of each other. And a lot there's some teams there that who have four or five losses who really deserve to be ranked higher than they actually are, you know? And um, so, but, you know, with that said, um, I definitely think it's good that um, we got a really humdinger of a, uh, you know, championship, SEC championship. I think they're the two best teams right now. And For that's sure. Good, so. That's going to be a fun game next week, and we'll get to that really, really quickly. Uh, another game that kind of surprised me this weekend Ohio State versus Michigan. Ohio State trounced them, oh, yeah. sixty-two to thirty-nine, and that's something. You know, I, I made a prediction. I thought Michigan Michigan was going to win that game because Michigan State, I believe, they have the number one defense in the country. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting Ohio State to up. be able to yeah. score sixty-two points. That's that's them. insane, and um, you know, it, it really kind of gets you in that mindset of. What's going on um, with Michigan? They they can't seem to get over the hump of beating Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, that's... and it, it's it's really an odd thing, and and basically that's the reason, uh, you know, that they're there. They want to beat them, and they just can't. This can just... just can't put it together. Yeah. Even though they played really good early in the season, they just can't quite put it together. And I don't understand Michigan fans that you know they're talking bad about. Uh, was it John Harbaugh who's yeah. there? Or uh, no, it's Jim. Uh, Jim. Okay, I I get the mixed up. All the time. <laughs> uh, Jim Harbaugh. I don't understand why fans are wanting him gone because he's led them to number four in the country on the brink of making it to the college football playoff. Yeah. I mean, of course, he's had, hasn't had good years with Clemson or not Clemson, uh, Michigan, but I mean. Why would you I, I fire or why would you get rid of a coach like that? I, I think he's a good coach. I really do. And I don't think he, he you know, he is, um, he's struck. But, I mean, I'll take a two-loss struggle any day of the week. Yeah, like they're still. You know, and, and Michigan needs to really temper themselves a little bit. I know that they are a story program and, and things like that. But at the same time, they need to temper what their expectations They're are. still going to get a good bowl game. Yeah. And their only losses are against Notre Dame, who's number three right now in the the top twenty five poll, and they just lost to Ohio State, which we know that Ohio State has number two offense in the in the nation. So, 
Another game, Auburn traveled to take on Alabama. It was 17-14 to 14 at halftime. And truth be told, I was just, I was thinking, hey, maybe this can be a game. Maybe. But once Alabama scored in the first couple minutes, I was going to be like, and then I was like, this is just going to be like regular Alabama you know, yeah. they kind of struggled in the first half. Yeah, and was. then they just, in the second <laughs> half, they just, they just they just turned it on. Like they crushed Auburn 52-21. to uh, 21. And I should have known better, honestly. You know, and, and it is kind of their MO, too, a little bit. Well, it know? was against Auburn, and it's a big rivalry game playing in the Iron Bowl. So, I mean, I thought, you know, when it was 17-14 at halftime, I was like, and I was thinking... This could be a this can be a good good game. We'll see if Auburn can keep keep this up. And knowing, you know, Alabama, I should have known better that you know Alabama. They're definitely a second half team, and they just turned it on. They killed Auburn. Tua played amazing as usual, three hundred and twenty four yards passing with five touchdowns, and you know, Bama's just been dominant all season. And they're, I don't even think the top teams that are behind Alabama, I don't think they can beat Alabama. I don't think Clemson can beat Alabama. I don't think Notre Dame's beating Alabama. I don't think Georgia is going to beat Alabama next weekend. It's just not going to happen. And the only way you're going to do it is going to have to be able to have a good defense. And while Clemson has a good defense, but they've allowed – points before against other teams and Notre Dame they struggled against they struggled against uh USC this past weekend too uh Georgia's had struggles they've had struggles against LSU so I like I said the, the teams that are in the college football playoff right now they're not going to beat Alabama Alabama is gonna win the national championship easily Easily, it's it's just not. I don't like I said. I just they should win it easily, especially their defense for two for two weeks in a row. They allowed zero points. They didn't allow LSU to score. They didn't allow Mississippi State to score. That this this Alabama defense has turned it on the past couple weeks, and they are really good. We know this. Their offense is fantastic. Their defense is good. They're going to shut down whoever they play in the playoff. And Georgia's going to have a tough time. And like Alabama's winning. I know it's early. I know it's the games for not for another month or so, for another, another couple months. But no one's beating Alabama. No one. No, no, There's no one beating Alabama. I, I don't care. Impressive. You know, I'm sorry if you're a fan of other team. But I'm sorry, you you don't have a chance against Alabama. No, I, and I I don't think because even if you're an offensive team, Alabama has a, such a good defense that they can shut you down. They're a complete team. They really are, and I that that's the thing that I I know a lot of people are overlooking with them is their defense, because really uh, they really haven't been challenged in any any significant way. You know, so for you, for anybody to go into that and think 
hey, we have a chance. I really believe the only team that has a chance against uh, Alabama is in the SEC, and they've destroyed them all. Yeah. You know, and you can't say, oh, Alabama hasn't played anybody. They've played good teams. Oh, yeah. Mississippi State, LSU. The only unknown quantity is Georgia, you know, and we'll I mean, see the, what happens the next there. Week, next yeah. week's game, that's going to be interesting to see, hey, how good is this Georgia team? Yeah. And yeah. I know if they, they've played better in recent weeks, but still, Alabama is such a tough team. Any any team they're in the country is going to have to They They really are, and, and they're, they're – it's really showing through. Um, you know, it, I, I just don't see anybody hanging with them at all. I just, I, I don't see it. I really don't. Yeah, I don't and, either. You know, maybe I would love to be proven wrong because I would like to see Alabama challenged a little bit. But, you know, when I look at uh, Notre Dame, you know, Clemson, everybody else, I just don't see anybody that could possibly compete with them. Yeah, I mean, cer- certainly there's teams that can make it interesting, maybe. But at the end of the day, you're not going to beat Alabama. Yeah. They're just too talented on both sides of the ball. Barring injury and things like that, yeah. there's just really no way. Yeah. I don't think so. Just looking at some of the top uh, conference uh, conference championship games next weekend. Texas at Oklahoma. I expect another uh, shootout. Yeah, that's going to be a fun game. But I think Oklahoma, I think, has gotten better since their loss against Texas. And I think Oklahoma is going to pull that one out. Memphis at UCF. Of course, UCF losing their quarterback to a a devastating injury. But I think he's actually he's going to be able to save his leg after that. Yeah. In recent reports I've read. So that that's good. But... With UCF losing their quarterback, losing their the heart of their team, I think Memphis pulls off the upset. Bama at Georgia, we talked about this. I think Bama's got that on lock. Yeah. Clemson at Pitt. Pitt's been able to beat Clemson in the past couple of years, but I think you know Clemson, they played better Clemson recently. Looks like, if this was a Clemson team five or six games ago, that would definitely be in question. But, but they have turned on their offense, and I don't, they should, I don't think they should have any problem against Pittsburgh. And Northwestern at Ohio, uh, Ohio State. I mean, Northwestern has turned it on in their conference play. They're they're eight and one, but Ohio State has such a good offense. I I don't know <laughs> I don't know what to expect from that game. I don't know yeah, if Northwestern is going to put up a fight. Of the Purdue game it just threw everything. Right. Off, I mean, you, you just know. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I I think Ohio State wins the Big Ten championship game, and that was just the predictions for the top uh, conference uh, championship games for next week, and. Uh, that's the end of this episode. Thank you guys for joining us. You can find us on our social media, Instagram. You can find us at uh, Man Cave Sports Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Man Cave Podcast. You can find us on our Facebook page at Man Cave Podcast. Uh, sorry, Man Cave Sports Podcast. You can find us all, all on there. And again, we thank you guys very much for listening. And until next Tuesday, or until Tuesday, thank you for joining us in the Man Cave.